Hey, fellow mathematicians, welcome to the podcast where math is figure outable. I'm Pam. And I'm Kim. And you found a place where math is not about memorizing and mimicking, waiting to be told or shown what to do, but it's about making sense of problems, noticing patterns, and reasoning using mathematical relationships. We believe we can mentor students to think and reason like mathematicians. Not only are algorithms not particularly helpful in teaching mathematics, but rotely repeating steps actually keeps students from being the mathematicians they can be. Hey, Pam. Hey, Kim. <laughs> it's challenge week. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> we it's, love challenge week. Woo. Oh, my God. It's one of the most fun weeks of the year. We do Absolutely. a couple of times a year. Um, but we love, love, love seeing your faces. And I get to talk to so many people in the Facebook group. So I'm super excited about the back half of this week. Not that Absolutely. I love podcasts, but you know. No, it is so one of the best things that we do all year. It's totally free. Yeah. We love it. Um, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast at some other time of the year, just know, uh, get on our mailing list and uh, join in those free challenges because yeah. they are a blast. All right. Super fun. All right. Down to business. If you haven't been tuning in lately, then you've been missing some great chatter about subtraction and how important it is that we give kids solid experiences with subtraction because it affects so many of the operations, the other operations and strategies that we love. So today we're going to continue from last week chatting about subtraction facts. Yeah. So if you didn't listen to last week, really do, because we talked all about memorizing subtraction facts. Um, what are our favorite ways of helping students really own subtraction yep. facts, really getting them into long-term memory with a schema so that they stick better and that, that it's all more and more figure outable. So Kim, what's one yep. of our favorites? Well, you know, I'm going to mention the first one that I love is uh, <laughs> if you need. Um, and we talk about it all the time because it's super powerful, yep. like the silliest little routine, but um, super helpful uh, at a young age. We're going to just mention it here because we've talked about it before. We'll link that episode in the um, show notes. Well, and to be clear, but, you only call it silly because you made it up. So you're just trying to like, I'll be, you know, humble well, I mean, honestly, there's nothing like super magical about it. It's fun mathematically. But the routine itself is basic. I mean, I, I mean, have you need. There's not a million amazing. things to make. I mean, I, like I, I'm in for not a lot of prep, and yeah, it's good. It's okay to do it in lots of ways over lots of experiences. Uh, partners, not partners, whole class, different Absolutely. numbers change things up. Yeah, I'm in for that. All right, so, uh, so if, if if you have not listened to an episode on I Have You Need, we'll put the episode number in the show notes, but check that out if that's new to you. If it's the first time you're listening to the podcast, I Have You Need, wonderful mm -hmm. uh, classroom routine, all grade levels. It's great. Yep. So at a young age, I Have You Need with 10, we're talking subtraction facts. So I Have You Need with 10 would be super helpful. Um, mm. But then also once your kids are working and have made sense of the 10 a lot, it would be really helpful for them to work on I have you need with 20. And the idea that within the 20, there are two tens and one of the teens is being messed with with I have you need, but the other 10 is just kind of being left alone. So Hey, and I almost want to back you up just a little bit. Let's just do a quick yeah. example with a total 10. So if I say the total's 10, I have seven, you need three. Three to make 10, right? Mm -hmm. So that that feels like addition. Right, seven plus three is 10. 
then we want to help kids make the connection that therefore, if we own that the seven and three are partners of 10, then I now yep. know the answer to seven, uh, sorry, to 10 minus seven, but I also yep. know three. And I also know the answer to 10 minus three is seven. And, and yeah. that, that takes some time and some development, but, but yep. that they own that. And so then you're saying, once we own that, there is that 10 in the 20. Inside so if, the 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if I play, I have, you need total 20. Kim, if I have 17, what do you need? Three. Three. And so that, that 10 in your 17, the, the first 10 is just kind of sitting by itself, but I'm you have that around. same seven and three partnership that you had in the 10. Yeah. So if I say I have 12, what do you need? Eight. Eight. And you're thinking about there's that 10 hanging around, but there's a two. It's almost like I said, I have two. What do you need to make 10? It's the two and mm-hmm. the eight you're kind of using. And, and yep. we, you know, you have to help kids kind of experience that, that 10 kind of sort of ignore that, that extra 10 and the 20 and kind of focus on those, those partners. And then you could do the same thing with 30 and, and not necessarily that you would play, I have you need, but that you would make the connection. So yep. if you're doing 30 minus eight yep. um, or 30, you know, then can you use the eight and the two in that, that 10 that's between the 20 uh-huh. and 30, exact, et cetera, yep. et cetera. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Cool. What's another one? Do we want to mention, sorry, do we, do we want to mention, I'm, I'm, my brain's all over the place. Uh, similarly, if we, if we've done partners of 100 with, I have, you need, and I, if I say I have 63 and you say, yeah, but we're talking the, about subtraction facts today, Pamela. So I didn't oh, say don't go higher. <laughs> That's why. Cause I was just going higher. Number. What can we do? Subtraction facts. So I Never have mind. Stay in subtraction routine. facts. Stay in <laughs> subtraction facts. the episode. Not any subtraction. We're talking about subtraction facts. Okay, cool. So Thank funny. you. So yeah. another thing that we can do, there goes my like, vertical uh, brain. Another thing that we can do is um, uh, think about groups of um, problems and what they have in common, right? Like what's oh, yeah. The, what, yeah. what relationships are there among groups of subtraction fact problems, how they're related, how yeah. they're connected. Um, yeah. So you have a favorite one. Give us that one. Um, so like on a subtraction chart, right? If we're looking at a subtraction, all the subtraction facts, then, you know, I might put up that chart for five minutes a day for a week or 15 minutes at a time and have kids talk about like, what do you notice and what patterns do you see? One of the ones and, that I think is super and hey, before, fun. Sorry, before you go into the one, maybe yeah. I'll just describe that just a little bit more. So I, we might look at a chart where I've got the numbers um, zero to 20 across the top and then zero to 20 going down the side. And then we're kind yep. of looking at where those coincide. Uh-huh. And if we're just dealing with positive numbers, then I would look at where, you know, 20 minus five would be in the, the cell where the 20 column and the five coincide. And we're thinking that in that, in that cell, we're talking about 20 minus five. And yeah. If we go down the one, the cell below it, that would be 20 minus six. And the cell below that would be 20 minus seven, et cetera. Yep. So yep. that's the chart. So we might pull that yep. chart out and then we might look for commonalities and groups of related facts. Yeah. So one really uh, cool noticing is that every time you're subtracting nine, you can be thinking about the teen numbers and you can be thinking about it's always going to be one more to get to 10 plus all that extra that was in the teen number. So if it was like 17 minus nine, then you could think about the one that you need to get to 10 plus all the extra seven. So you're really using the difference interpretation of subtraction yeah. here. You yeah. think about yeah. so if it's 17 minus nine, you're like from nine to 17. Yeah. You think about that one and then the, and then that extra, the, the, the yeah. kind of the teenness of it, right? The 10 yeah. to the teen. Yeah. So and it's true for every, every nine, right? Every subtract nine. Do 13 minus the, nine. So 13 minus nine would be 
the one from nine, the one to get to 10, plus all that extra three. So it's always, because it's, it's it's always nine to 10. So it's always that one. And then mm-hmm, it's just the extra mm-hmm. to get to the. Yeah. And it's a really nice transition for kids who are counting by ones to be thinking about, oh, I know about teen numbers. It's just all that extra, all those three, instead of counting one, two, three from um, 10 to 11, 12, 13. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so getting them used to the idea that you know what that teen number is made of. So you can think about that whole extra chunk beyond the 10 all in one group. And and so this is just screaming at me. This is one more example of what we're not really suggesting is that you go teach this strategy to kids, right? Right. It's not right. we're we're suggesting is we, we notice it mm-hmm. because we're we're in that noticing, we're helping kids go, "Oh, that really is true that from 10 mm-hmm. to the 13 it's 3 and from 10 to the 16 it's 6 and from 10 to the 17 it's 7 and from it always is that sort of extra from the 10 to the teen mm-hmm. and then it would just be that extra one because we're subtracting mm-hmm. nine every time hot we're, we're always mm-hmm. looking at the difference between nine hot those generalizations building numeracy building the mathematical relationships that we want kids to own yeah because our goal is more than just those subtraction facts right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah totally cool so another group of numbers that we might look at on a subtraction chart would be numbers that are close to each other. So if I'm going to subtract something like nine minus eight or uh, seven minus six or three minus two, that we could think about those again with a difference uh, perspective. How far apart are they if we're looking at subtractions that difference? Well, if the numbers are always just one apart, <laughs> then they're mm-hmm. always just one apart. Like, you know, mm-hmm. nine minus eight is going to be one, like four minus three is going to be one because they're just, all those numbers are one apart. What if there were two apart. So if I'm looking at a subtraction fact and the numbers are two apart, bam, then the answer to that subtraction problem is two. That'd be another sort of group of numbers that are related that we kind of look at. Yeah. So I think once we've spent some time working with these strategies, I love the idea of putting up this chart and saying, like, talk to me, what do you, what do you notice? Uh, You know, I'm actually glancing at a subtraction chart right now and I'm, there's one that I'm I'm loving that pops mm. out that um, going diagonally down um, on the the triangular chart that I'm looking at. There's very clearly a five minus three is two, six minus four is two, seven minus five is two. Like it's screaming a little bit of constant difference to me. And how oh. cool would that be? Early, early, early to just wonder, like, oh my gosh, why are those always two? Uh, and the kids, I, I think kids could say, well, you're subtracting one more from one bigger of a number. I was poorly said, but um, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool I mean, patterns that come out. And those of you that are trying to teach constant difference later on could pull up those pat, you know, like, Hey, mm-hmm. look, look at all this diagonal um, is all the answers are five. So are you saying that 12 minus seven is equivalent to 13 minus eight is equivalent to 14 minus nine is equivalent to 15 minus 10? Yeah. Huh. And so, yeah, we're kind of nudging this idea that we can think of equivalent subtraction problems. It's yep. nice. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Um, but, but of course our very favorite oh. thing to do, um, to work with basic facts or any mathematics are problem strings, right? We dun, absolutely dun, dun. love problem strings. They, um, build relationships um, and so we thought we would do a little bit with some problem strings today. I'm going to give yeah. you numbers this time, Pam. Okay. Bring it I'm on. I'm always in the hot seat. Okay. All right. Get a piece of paper. Oh. 
Now, this one's kind of a gnarly pen. It actually leaks a little bit. It's not my favorite. Which is exactly why you shouldn't use pens. <laughs> but it's nice and bold. Anyway. All right, carry right on. Harder. Okay, here we go. First problem. <laughs> right, right harder. I like it. Okay, first problem. All right, 13 minus three. Okay, so if I was going to do this problem string with kids, because let's be clear, I don't really have to think about these yeah, problems yeah. very much. Okay, so then I would expect students, um, if I'm doing this problem string, that I would probably have a, a range of um, development in the classroom. And I might have some uh -huh. students going 13. 12, 11, 10. Like they might be counting yep. back by ones and we're expecting some tens. I might have some kids thinking about the fact that it's 10 and three or, you know, yep. the meaning, the meaning of the teen. If I sort of yep. get rid of the three and 13 and three teen, then um, I'm left with just the 10 left over. But as yep. a teacher, I would kind of establish that. And then I would, um, Kim, am I on a number rack or am I on a number line? Let's do both. If I was on a number rack, I'm going to assume that if I've done this problem, if I'm doing this problem string, kids have done work on a number rack. So this is not their sure. first shot at a number rack. So I'm going to say, how are you thinking about that? And when a kid says, well, I, I removed three from 13, then I'm going to show 13 by 10 on the top and three on the bottom. And I'm going to say, oh, you just took, you got rid of that three and I'll move the three on the bottom back over to the other mm -hmm. side. And I'm just left with 10 beats. If I was on a number line, so it just depends on what my kids have had more experience with. If they hadn't had any experience with a number rack, I'd probably do on a number rack. If they are ready to think about things on a number line, then I would say, oh, so you're saying 13. And I would literally draw a number line, put a 13 on the right-hand side. I would um, jump back one jump of three and I would land on 10. Yep. Cool. And that's it. So, I wouldn't spend a lot of time here. Um, right. I would also, if I'm doing this problem, probably not have a kid talk a lot about the fact that they just um, removed one at a time. I would just, yeah. you know, yeah. Okay, good. Yep. That's not going to be something you're modeling at this point. No, not if I'm doing this cool. string. Yep. Okay. So the next problem is 13 minus five. What would you expect to hear and model for 13 minus five? Yeah. So I might at this point say, I wonder, I wonder if the first problem could help about maybe, maybe I don't know if we could, you know, like almost don't finish my sentence a little bit. I wonder if I could help you maybe go ahead, use any, any strategy you want. Um, and then I would let kids think and figure I would watch to see who's counting by ones. I take note of that. And then I might say, Hey, did, did anybody use, did anybody use 13 minus three to help you with 13 minus five? And I'm looking for kids that, and then I'll call on a kid who says now it's a, still a little bit of a, maybe, maybe they did, maybe they didn't, you know, never quite sure with those age of kids. Um, but I would uh, try to pull out of a kid, somebody that said, well, if we know 13 minus three is 10 and I would redraw that number line, or I would re put up the 10 beads and the three beads. And I would say, so we had 13. If I know 13 minus three is 10, move the three beads over, jump back the three on the number line. Then I can think about 13 minus five as two more than that. So if I'm on the number rack, I'd move two more beads on the top over. So I'm left with eight. I can clearly see those five beads and those three beads. Or I would remove two, jump back a jump of two on the number line. And I would say, well, what is two back from 10? Oh, that's eight. And so that's how you guys are getting your eight. Does that make sense to everybody? that we could subtract the three to get to 10 and then just subtract what's left over the extra two. Yeah. Cool. Relating those two problems for sure. Exactly. What about yep. 17 minus seven? Again, I'm going to kind of watch. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time here. Hopefully kids yep. are using the meaning of the teen. Uh, I think I might stick with the number line from here on out as I describe it, but it'll be similar. I'll start on 17. I'll have some kids suggest that 
I've subtracted seven to get to 10 uh, and land on the 10. If I may, my board at this point, I've just, uh, I'm actually drawing as, as I'm talking here, uh, that number line that has the 13 is mm -hmm. um, at a certain point, how do I say this? Left and right. It's, mm -hmm. it's, and, and the 17 is about four to the right of that on the new number line. So when I've drawn that new number line, I didn't start the 17 in the same place that I had started the 13. I've scooched it over to the right about four and my jump of seven landed in the same location as the tens were in the top two number lines. So I've kept vertically, uh, not vertically. Yeah. Vertically. I've kept vertically aligned, horizontally aligned. I don't know how to say that. The tick marks for the 10 are in the same horizontal position, um, cut left yep. to right going in the, in those, now I have three number lines, right? Cause I have the number line for the 13 minus three, the 13 minus five, and the number line for the 17 minus seven, I've landed on the 10 in the same spot. So I've backed up seven from that 17 that's further to the right. I know that was, it's hard to describe that, but that's yeah. what it looks like. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to derail this for just a second Yeah. because I I've heard people say, in fact, um, people have asked like when kids are representing their thinking, do you require these specific directions about like how far and, and does it need to like perfectly line up or teachers will say, I, you know, I struggle and I try, but I, I think maybe your point is that you're giving it a good go. It's not going to be perfectly proportional every single time, particularly if we're talking about kids, but the 17 should be the right of the 13, which should be the, and the 10 should be to the left of the 13 and the tens should line up together. But, uh, but I'm, I'm going to say that's, that's Absolutely. And that's only true uh, for the teacher. I yeah. think the student doesn't need to be thinking about that at all. The student is yeah. just using relationships. Now, if the student wants to draw a number line to jump to be able to keep track of their thinking, mm -hmm. absolutely. But in that case, I'm not judging that kid's proportional jumps right. or where they land at all because they're using it to help them think. Now, I might look at what they did and help them find an error if they made a jump and, and they, you know, like they subtracted three and they got to, I don't even know. And, and, and they were like, Hey, what do you know what 14 minus three is? Oh yeah. That's 11, not 10 or, you know, whatever. Yeah, like yeah. that, that, that recording they're thinking might be helpful, but no. So yes, good, good point. It's not about um, a perfect representation. It is about uh, when the teacher is modeling student thinking, trying to get just as good as you can so that the relationships pop a little bit more for students. If yeah. the relationships are up there lined up, the potential for the relationships to um, to pop so that kids can develop that number line in their head is a little bit stronger. Cool. Yeah. Okay. okay. Back on track. Sorry. We did, we did 13 minus three. We did 13 minus five. We just did 17 minus seven. So let's talk about 17 minus eight. Cool. So I'm going to, again, ask students, did anybody think about using 17 minus seven to help you get 17 minus eight. And I'm going to look for mm -hmm. a kid that does that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to redraw the number line of for 17 minus seven. Cause the kid's going to say, yeah, cause we do 17 minus seven was 10. I redraw that. It now looks exactly like the one above it. And then they're going to say, but we needed to subtract one more. So I'll make a jump of one after that and land on uh, nine. So 17 minus eight is nine. And now I have four number lines on the board. Um, uh, and, and they've been sort of using the partner problem to help them with the, the, the second problem in the set. Yeah. And I'm get, guessing, I'm, I'm betting that at some point you're standing back and you're like, hmm, that's interesting. And you're, yeah. and you're starting to maybe like ask or wonder or put some words towards like, uh, what are, what's going on here? 
Yeah. Yeah. I might, uh, knowing my kids, I might ask somebody, does like, does anybody see uh, how, how a similarity about how so-and-so like Kim used the 13 minus three to help get 13 minus five and Aaron used 17 minus seven to help him get 17 minus eight. Was there something similar about how they did that? And mm-hmm. I might try to pull some words out of kids. I might mm-hmm. also say, huh, that's interesting that a lot of you used, uh, a lot of you got to the 10 first and then just kind of subtracted the extra, huh? I might just yeah. mention that and then, and then move on. Yeah. Yeah. Because in all four number lines, they'd all be lined up together where there's a 10 on every single one of those number lines. I think that would really pop for mm-hmm. your students. All right, next problem, 15 okay. minus five. Cool. I probably won't wait as long on this one. Um, mm-hmm. I'm watching kids. In fact, uh, maybe I should say, if I saw a lot of kids counting by ones to get from the 13 minus three to 10 and the 17 minus seven to 10, I might have also put, in fact, I might've I might have put more emphasis on this generalization than the one you and I just talked about. Right. Uh, about getting to the, I might've said, ooh, so like 13 minus three, 10, F- 17 minus seven, 10. So it's almost like we're thinking about the, the, the 10 and the, the, the teen, the extra stuff. Mm-hmm. And we're just like getting rid of it. So it's like, there's this, this, this 10 showing up. That's, mm-hmm. that's what teens mean. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder if anybody mm-hmm. can use that to help you think about 15 minus five rather than, mm-hmm. you know, like you can count back, but can you just, can you think about what 15 means to subtract five? Like I might make that my emphasis. So again, know your content, know your kids. Yeah. Um, and then I will, uh, I'll model, um, starting at 15 and I'll jump back that five and I'll just note that my tens are all lined up. Um, so the 15 is in between the 13 and the 17 mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of, I'll, yeah. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. It's a little t- closer to the 13 than I wish it was. <laughs> it's not yeah. right in the middle of the 13 and 17. It should be, it should be, but I'm writing in pen. So I was going to say too bad. You don't have a pencil <laughs> with kids. I'd be on a whiteboard, right? There you go. <laughs> In fact, maybe that's worth mentioning. If teachers, if you're on a, a whiteboard, you can easily erase, and we we recommend that. If you are on yeah. a document camera, d- don't be Pam and do it in a pen. Do it on a a, a small um, a dry erase board. Put a dry erase yeah. board underneath your, or be Kim and and use a pencil because you do need to be able to erase. Though, don't you think Kim dry erase board is easier to erase under a than a pencil? You know, honestly, it depends on the magnitude of the numbers because sometimes if I'm dealing with large numbers, but also decimals, like that's, you know, it it gets a little bit more challenging. I want like a longer line to show a little bit more of the magnitude of the big numbers. So, and there's only so much space under document camera with a dry erase. Dry dry erase workers are fat. And so- um, Oh, I mean, you can get thin ones. You can get thin dry. I mean, you would want to- So you're saying a pencil might be nice because you could draw finer, finer stuff. Yeah. yeah. I also think it might depend on the reflection that you get off of the yeah. dry erase board under. Yeah. All right. Make that work. Okay. So uh, we got 15 minus five is 10. Okay. Last problem. 15 minus eight. Cool. So I'm going to ask, Hey, did anybody do that thing that Kim did and Aaron did uh, with this product? Did anybody use the 15 minus five? And I'm looking for, for glimpse, uh, gl- uh, glimmers of kids going, Oh yeah. And then I might be like, Oh, you were thinking about that. Even if you didn't finish, could you could you like, let, let's think about, think that together. So if 15 minus five is 10, but we need to mu- subtract eight, how much more so-and-so, whoever I'm, mm-hmm. whoever I'm working with. Oh yeah. So we could just the, the extra three and what is, mm-hmm. what is 10 minus three? Everybody, we know that I have, you need, if I have three, what do you need? Ah, uh, seven. Sure enough. So 15 minus eight is seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. And so at the end of the string, depending on, is this your first go? Is this the third time you've done this kind of string? We talked just a minute about a a little bit of a wrap up. 
Yeah, absolutely. So it kind of depends on what I want to emphasize with my students at this point. Mm-hmm. So if a lot of them were counting by ones to, to do the 13 minus three, the 17 minus seven, the 50 minus five, I might that make that be my point here. Um, mm-hmm. Y'all, like we have this pattern that if I have a teen and I subtract off that that bit of it that's the extra from the 10, what am I left? Wow, I'm always left with the 10. That seems important. Might that be uh, something that I would pull out of kids, help them help me verbalize? But if, if that's not where most kids are struggling, then I might say, wow, this is really interesting that, that we could get to the 10 and then just subtract the extra stuff. I wonder if that could help us with, with problems in the future. So in some way, we kind of verbalize, put, put in words, help kids sharpen their thinking by putting it in words, the relationships that we're using um, in the string. And in this case, can we get to the, if we're subtracting, can we subtract to the 10 and then just subtract what's left over? Yeah. Which is one of our major relationships that we want kids to own for subtraction. So it's a good experience. Um, I think we have time for one more experience. Okay, cool, cool. So will you you talk through um, these problems as well? I'm ready. Um, Okay, new piece of paper and clunky pen. (laughs) 12 minus 6. And my pen just leaked. You're loving Um, it right now. Okay, so uh, 12 minus 6. If we're doing this problem string, I'm not waiting very long on this. Doubles are kids uh, are things that kids kind of, like we want to do things to help all kids build doubles, but they are a thing that kids tend to know. So I'll, uh, I'll just usually, you know, what is that? Everybody's going to say 6. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, I'm going to draw a number line starting at 12, and I'm going to um, jump back of 6 and landing on 6. Cool. Okay. Uh, 13 minus 6. Uh, to be clear, though, uh, not because I said that, because I'm asking a kid to say that, and then I'm representing their thinking. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. sorry. What was the next one you it's said? Okay, 13, 13 minus 6. So, with 13 minus 6, I'm going to let them figure. Okay, that's the next problem. I'm going to figure. And I'm going to expect that there will be some kids counting back. I'm going to expect that there will be some kids kind of, you know, like nodding their head a little bit, and I can kind of almost see them counting back by ones. But I'm going to ask, did anybody use the problem before? Like, if you know mm-hmm. 12 minus 6 is 6, can that help you with? one more, 13 minus six. And I will probably even say that one more, 13 minus six. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as kids describe their thinking, I'm going to draw a number line with a 13 just to the right of that 12, about mm-hmm. one, about one to the right. And I'm going to say, so if I jump back that, if this jump is the same distance, try to make that really the same distance, where mm-hmm. would I land? If I subtract the same, but from one bigger, mm-hmm. where would I land? And the uh, someone will say seven and we'll, we'll land on that seven. So so yep. I should have two number lines that look exactly the same, but one is shifted to the right one, where mm-hmm. in the first one, it's six to 12. And in the seven one, it's seven to 13, but the jumps are still all six. Cool. Which is why, which is why those attempt to be as proportional as possible is a huge um, goal because mm-hmm. that's that gap or that, that minus six should look the same. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And and teachers, if you're trying to do that and you're like, oh, you know, like in the, in the bit of it, you're, it's not what you want. You can at that moment go, whoa, this doesn't look right. Y'all help me. How, what, how, what should yes. this look like? Yes. Right? And as the kids describe with the number line, you know, like, oh, like the 13 should be to the right of the 12. Well then guys, what, how big should the jump be? My, you know, when I drew it, I drew it way too big. Cause yeah. how should it relate to this jump of six up here? I mean, they, as, as they discuss that with you, they're getting, it's not that they're really learning to model better though they are but they're really getting better at the relationships. They're owning yeah. like that should be the same length. Like they're yeah. building spatial, spatial relationships. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've seen you and I both do problem strings where we've sketched 
you know, an area model or a number line. And then we look at it and we've redrawn two or three <laughs> times even. And and the kids are involved in like, why is she fussing with this? Like what's wrong with this representation so that she wants to redo it and make it mm-hmm. better. And we're totally talking about like, oh, does, does that feel okay? Like, does that, does that seem... Yeah. Ooh, how would Close. you change that? And they're like, that yeah. doesn't look like a rectangle at all. Like it should yeah. be more square or that, that line isn't parallel. Yep. You're like, oh, yep. like the sides of a, of a rectangle should be parallel. Well, that seems important. Yep. Like all that stuff can come in. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Ready for the next problem? Yep. 16 minus eight. Cool. Another double. I'm not going to wait too long. I'm going to expect someone to say 16 minus eight. I'm going to draw a number line at 16 with a jump of eight and landing yep. on eight. Yep. Cool. 16 minus nine. Uh, do you want to know that I just kind of, I drew the jump and then realized that uh, my jump was too short. So I, then I scratched it out and made it a little bit longer. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So now 16 minus nine, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask, Hey, is anybody, and I, I will actually suggest as I say, 16 minus nine, I wonder if this problem could be helpful. I don't know, maybe, maybe go ahead and solve it any way you want. Mm-hmm. But then I'm going to ask, did anybody use the 16 minus eight? And I, um, now this time I'm going to start at the same 16. Yeah. And I'm going to say, what should the jump look like? Should it be shorter or longer than the jump of eight? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a jump of nine. It should be a little bit longer. How much longer? One longer. Well, if it's one longer, then where are we going to land? Ooh, we're going to land on seven. So mm-hmm. if I know 16 minus eight is eight, then 16 minus one more than that should be seven. Cool. Okay. Again, pulling that out of kids, right? I'm, I'm, I'm trying yes. to ask questions to get that for kids to say that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Next problem, 14 minus seven. Again, a double, not going to wait too long. I'm gonna, someone's going to say seven. Uh, I'm going to draw a number line with the 14, uh, jump of seven, landing on seven. And 14, 14 minus okay. five. <laughs> 14 minus five. And in this case, again, I might say, I wonder if anybody, ooh, this, this seems a little different. It's not just one off, but ah, it's okay. Go ahead. You know, like do whatever you want. Let them solve it. And then ask, did anybody use the 14 minus seven? And try to draw out someone who says, well, this time I didn't subtract as much. So should the jump be shorter, longer? It should be shorter. How much shorter? It should be two shorter. Well, what is two to the right of seven? Oh yeah, sure enough, that's nine. So if I've drawn that jump shorter, then, and I'm comparing it to the one above, I should be able to go, well, then if it's two this way, what is two that way of seven? Sure enough, that's nine. Oh, nice. So to, to finish up the string, wow. We really can use what we know. You guys, a lot of you are are owning these doubles. Well, way to go. That's super that you know 12 minus 6, you know 16 minus 8, you know 17 or 14 minus 7. You know those doubles. Wow, knowing those, you can use what you know to just adjust either moving where you start or how big you jump. You can just adjust a little bit for when you know. Mm-hmm. Nicely done. Yeah, using doubles is super helpful. Cool. Yeah, which is another one of our major strategies. And and you've said a couple of times, I'm not going to stay long on this particular problem because my kids know their doubles. Um, mm. And so I, I can hear a teacher right now saying, my kids don't know their doubles. And so uh-huh. one of our favorite routines is similar to I Have You Need, it's just, a, it's just a call and response, is we do a lot with doubling and having because we know that kids have some intu- intuition with doubling, but we can strengthen that in moments of time where we double numbers together or we have numbers together. Um, later on as they get older. So uh, absolutely. briefly, tell us what that looks like. Well, and, and let me also mention that we can also work on a number rack is going to just scream. The yeah. doubles just scream. So if I would have done that string on a number rack, um, as soon as I have 12 up there, it, depending on how I put the 12, if I put it as six and six, like there's like, it's, it's, we're, we're, we're looking at the double of 12 
uh, being or the double of six being 12. And so we want to work on a number rack can really help build doubles, mm-hmm. but doubling mm-hmm. and having looks like literally, you know, I've got a, a little bit of time. I got 90 seconds before we're standing in line. We're with the bell ring, whatever. And I, I might just say, Hey guys, random number 15, what's double 15. And then I have to know my kids. So I have to know, are they, do they have to think about that? But either way, once they tell it to me, then I ask them, how are you thinking about that? What, how did you find that? Okay. You need double 15, what, what double 14, double 16. Uh, so I might, I might string it a little bit. I might do numbers. Mm-hmm. When I say string it, you know, like do a series of problems that are kind mm-hmm. of related. So if you mm-hmm. know, double 15, can that help you with double 16? Can it help you with double mm-hmm. 17? So yeah, you literally just throw out, throw out a number, ask them to double it, tell them how they, how they're thinking about it. And after kids have doubled a bit, a bunch, um, over time, then a day I might go, Hey, we've been finding lots of doubles. Let's have, okay, you guys mm-hmm. ready? What's half of 24? What's half of 75? Well, mm-hmm. uh, now I would do some work up before I do 75, but yeah. uh, they might say there is no half of 75. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. odd. And I might go, uh, if we have $75, can we split that? Oh, mm-hmm. and then, and then I want to sort of model the chunks are doing anyway. So we can talk more about yeah. doubling and having at some point, but that that's a short routine that can help kids get facility with doubles. Yeah. And once they own these strategies, right? Once kids have had experience with them, all these strategies that we've been mentioning over the last couple of episodes, it's okay in my mind to say, I see you counting and I know you can count fast. Uh, you've been doing that a while. And so your fingers fly, but we have relationships that we can use. And so I want you to use them. You know? Well, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you're reminding me, we were going to mention that last week's episode about the Trinity story, because literally that, that happened, right? You had a group of first grade kids and yeah. uh, we were talking and you said, yeah, Pam, these kids own the strategies. And mm-hmm. they're just quick. They're, so whenever mm-hmm. they're, they, we, we clearly have developed strategies with them, but they count really quickly. And so when we say do this, uh, or when we're, when we're working with strategies, they do them. But when we just give them a problem or they're in the midst of another problem, they're dealing with counting by ones. And I was like, what are you going to do? And you're like, well, I'm just going to tell them to stop. And I was like, yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> and so you did, right? If I remember right, yeah. you, pulled them, you pulled them together yeah. and you said, you guys, you own these strategies. When you see these problems, oh, you're supposed to actually use the strategy. And the kids were like, yeah. oh, we are? And you're like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And then you did it with them. You're like, okay, so when, when I see a problem like uh, yeah. 13 minus seven, what's a strategy you could use? And and the kids yeah. start counting and you're like, no, 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 not, no. we're not going to count on these anymore. I'm telling you, use these strategies. So yeah. those, those of you that are pushing back and you're saying to yourself, Pam, we don't want kids refiguring these, these uh, problems all the time. There is a moment where you can say, I don't want you refiguring it with a less sophisticated, therefore take too much cognitive load strategy. I want you to actually dive into this strategy that might in the moment actually take a little bit more thinking because I want to build these relationships. Then Mm -hmm. the facts become a natural outcome and so much more. Yeah. Yeah. Nicely done. All right, y'all let's help kids build their fact relationships and work with them enough to build so that they have the facts at their fingertips. Thanks for tuning in and teaching more and more real math. To find out more about the Math is Figureoutable movement, visit mathisfigureoutable.com. Let's keep spreading the word that math is figureoutable.